Hi everyone, uh, this is Mark and this is the Mark Hastings Experience and uh, in this podcast uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from poetry to films to uh, TV shows to books and about uh, anything and everything that inspires me and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, one of my favourite films, and uh, that film is the incredible um, Lost in Translation. And uh, this episode, I'm going to be telling you about um, what the film means to me, um, why it's my favourite film, um, if not my favourite, one of my favourite films, um, and uh, why I love it so much, and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, one of my favourite films. And uh, if this is, isn't is just one of my favourite films, it could possibly be my favourite film. Uh, I just want to say, if The Shawshank Redemption didn't exist, and I'm glad that it does, then this film would be my favourite film. I'm convinced of it. But as it stands, The Shawshank Redemption is my favourite film. But this film that I'm talking about today has to be my second favourite film in the entire world. Of all that I've seen, it has to be. And um, I had that conclusion redefined to me today when I watched this film again. And this film that I'm talking about is the 2003 American romantic comedy drama film written by and directed by uh, the wonderful Sofia Coppola. And the film is Lost in Translation. And full disclosure, I absolutely love this film. And I don't know what that makes me, um, but I absolutely love and adore this film in so many ways. And it is just incredible. It's an emotional film. Uh, Incredibly emotional film for me. Um, And every time I watch it, right at the very end, I cry. I don't know what that makes me, but... The last scene is just so beautiful and so impactful and so meaningful. And the entire film is, in fact, every detail of the film. Um, but if you're not familiar with um, Lost in Translation, uh, let me just uh, read you a brief synopsis of it, um, just to introduce you to it. So, Lost in Translation is a 2003 um, American romantic comedy drama uh, written and directed by Sofia Coppola and it stars Bill Murray as the character Bob Harris who is a uh, fading American movie star who is having a midlife crisis when he travels to Tokyo to promote a uh, Suntory whiskey Uh, and when he's there Uh, He befriends another estranged uh, American uh, named Charlotte, uh, who's a young woman and a recent college graduate who's played by the amazing uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, Giovanni uh, Rubisi and Anna Faris also star in it. And um, 
The film explores themes of alienation and disconnection against the backdrop of cultural displacement in Japan. Uh, further analysis by critics and scholars has focused on the film's defiance of mainstream narrative conventions and its atypical depiction of romance. And um, uh, Sofia Coppola, both the writer and the director, started writing the film after spending time in Tokyo and becoming fond of the city. And she began forming a story about two characters experiencing a romantic melancholy in the Park Hyatt, Tokyo, uh, where she stayed while promoting her first feature film, the 1999 drama The Virgin Suicides. Uh, Sophia Coppola envisioned Murray playing uh, the role of Bob Harris from the beginning and tried to recruit him for up to a year, relentlessly sending him telephone messages and letters. Uh, while uh, Bill Murray eventually agreed to play the part, he did not sign a contract. Coppola uh, spent a quarter of the film's $4 million budget uh, without knowing if he would appear in Tokyo for shooting. Uh, but when uh, Bill Murray finally arrived, uh, Coppola uh, described feelings of significant uh, relief. And I've got to tell you that the film uh, is just incredible. And I can't imagine anyone else playing the character of Bob Harris other than Bill Murray. Um, bit of a... Um, a bit of a uh, um, a different kind of character than uh, he'd been known for um, usually known for uh, more comedic even more comedic roles uh, there are some comedic moments in the film um, but it's it's a very it's very serious, very poignant um, and it's a very special film um, lost in translation and um, since I first watched it it um, has become more meaningful to me it means more to me for some reason um, the message of it and every detail of it really resonates with me um, um, on a very deep and profound way um, and today when I watched it again there were so many details that jumped out at me that um, I'd seen before but for some reason today they really hit me harder than usual and um, I haven't watched it for a while but I've loved it every time I've seen it but um, it really is such an incredible film and today I just wanted to I wanted to watch it again I felt this compulsion to watch it um, felt compelled to watch it um, and um, I'm glad I did, uh, because it really did um, draw me back into it, and it's so incredible, I can't, as just as I said, I can't imagine anyone playing Bob Harris other than Bill Murray, I can't imagine anyone playing Charlotte like Scarlett Johansson, and she's an incredible actress, incredible actor, they, they both are, but um, they're absolutely amazing in their these parts um, and oh, the film is just so magical um, and what I want to do um, I read to you the, the synopsis um, the premise um, but I want to just read to you some notes of the film um, that I, I jotted down as I, was, as I was watching it I wanted to really pick out some moments, some details and it'll probably read as, or prob it'll probably um, hear as if I'm just describing every scene uh, from the film. And that's basically what I did. I wrote down a lot of the details that was happening that I saw in the film. Because what really jumped out at me today was that every scene uh, has, has a point that it uh, gravitates around. Every every scene, every interaction, every moment that both the characters of Bob Harris and, and Charlotte are on their own means something. 
profound um, and I just absolutely loved watching the, the, the characters um, apart and then slowly but surely get drawn together um, and I just want to uh, go along with um, just want to start reading and going from scene to scene um, uh, uh, things from the film and um, tell you what I, what I love so much about it and uh, maybe discover why it means so much to me as I go along um, so uh, we start with the first scene a very uh, very famous scene uh, a very surprising scene uh, and that is um, the, the sight of the, the character of Charlotte um, lying on her bed with her um, with her bottom uh, uh, facing the camera we don't even see um, Charlotte uh, Scarlett Johansson we don't see her face we just see her back uh, we see her um, backside and uh, her uh, underwear and uh, when you first watch it you're thinking what is this film um, and uh, it's, uh, it's become very uh, synonymous with the film and um, uh, it's a surprising start but uh, hey uh, um, I, I don't know what it represents but uh, um, it's, uh, it's definitely an impactful image definitely um, so we, we start, um, with Charlotte, um, lying in bed, and then we come to Bill Murray's character, Bob Harris, uh, in a taxi cab, uh, going down a very illuminated street in, uh, Tokyo, Japan, uh, having just, uh, arrived in the country. Um, uh, he arrives at the hotel. And um, from there, he's introduced to uh, the um, his representatives there, those that are going to be looking after him uh, from the uh, from the uh, Suntory uh, Whiskey Company. Uh, they're going to be um, attending to him and uh, um, transporting him to uh, all the the different things that he has to do while he's there. And um, and he's uh, cordial to them at first, and he settles himself into his hotel room, um, and then he goes to a hotel bar at night, um, and he receives some faxes from his wife when he's there, um, and then um, at uh, four twenty a.m. Um, in the morning, um, we see uh, both Bob and Charlotte are awake in their individual rooms uh, because they can't sleep for some reason. Um, and then uh, the next morning, uh, both Charlotte and Bob uh, enter into one of the hotel's elevators. It's a very packed elevator, uh, but they see each other for the first time. They both catch a glimpse of each other, very brief glimpse. Um, one that uh, impacts Bob in a very profound way. He doesn't stop looking at her. Um, um, and then when uh, Charlotte leaves, um, uh, her image definitely lingers on uh, on Bob. And um, he, uh, he remembers this even throughout the, the film. Um, he remembers seeing Charlotte for the first time. Um, Bob then goes to a Santori uh, whiskey commercial, um, uh, where he's going to film uh, the the commercial uh, as he's being directed. Um, he's directed by this Japanese um, director in for, in certain poses. Um, and um, 
you know, he's told to look like uh, Roger Moore, like James Bond, and look mysterious. And uh, Bob's kind, uh, and Bill Murray just is just incredible. Uh, he just really just makes the most of uh, the character, and he really plays up with for the uh, with the the entertainment of it and the how the hilarity of it. Um, because the Japanese uh, director is speaking in Japanese and there's an interpreter there but uh, what uh, the interpreter is telling Bob um, is definitely nothing like what the Japanese director is saying so there's definitely a a translation uh, problem there but uh, um, Bob just uh, takes it in his stride and uh, he just uh, um uh, yeah, he just, you know, is a professional, uh, being a uh, film actor, so he just goes with it. Um, and then we see uh, Charlotte uh, on the uh, Tokyo transit system, and she's visiting um, a, a Japanese shrine, um, and she sees a uh, religious service. Um, seemingly looking for um, meaning oh that's the impression that I got um, and she's looking for something she goes to she goes to all these different places around um, around Tokyo and Japan because uh, she's looking for something um, and then Charlotte um, calls her mom uh, on the phone she tells her that um, she didn't feel anything while she was at the shrine. She was telling her mom about her visiting this shrine and that she didn't feel anything. And um, she says that she's questioning who she married um, and who she's referring to is her her husband, John, who is a photographer, um, who is in Tokyo uh, because he has some photography jobs there and um, he um, and she agreed to to go with him and to come with him to to Tokyo but um, um, she's finding that she she has nothing to do there she just stays in her room in her hotel room for a lot of the time and then she's she goes and around Tokyo and she's looking for something to really um, give her um, some meaning some some kind of a feeling so she's definitely um, she's definitely uh, um, in need of um, some um, some love or some emotion she's you know, very disconnected that's how she feels um, and uh, she's in tears um, but um, then she just she brushes it off. She says, "Oh, to her mom, don't you know?" She just uh, tries to get past it as best she can. Um, then we see Charlotte putting on some makeup um, in the mirror, um, and she decorates uh, her, her hotel room. Uh, and then, unfortunately, she stubs her toe on the bed. Um, uh, but her husband uh, John is taking no interest in Charlotte because um, he's on his uh, he's or he's occupied with something else. Um, and then uh, uh, Charlotte um, lights a cigarette. And John criticizes her for smoking. Um, she says, "Oh, it's just the one," you know. Um, then we go to Bob and he's watching TV in his room and he sees himself uh, in a movie from probably back in the, the 70s or the 80s um, and then uh, Bob's employer sends a woman to uh, Bob's room to seduce him uh, but Bob doesn't understand uh, what's going on and it's kind of a funny scene um, uh, she's definitely some kind of uh, prostitute or a working woman or whatever however you want to call it and it's definitely been she's definitely been sent there to 
seduce Bob and to um, make him feel at home and to um, to um, make sure he has an, a good experience while he's there. And uh, it's a very funny scene because they end up falling on the floor together and uh, the light um, goes out and the lamp falls on the floor and uh, there's darkness and... Yeah, it's very funny actually, very funny scene. I don't, um, very natural though, but uh, yeah, hilarious. Um, then we see uh, Bob eating alone in his room. Um, then we follow Charlotte again, exploring uh, Tokyo uh, again alone. Um, both Bob um, and Charlotte uh, spending their time mostly alone, doing the things they're doing. Um, then, um, uh, Bob goes to, uh, the Santori Whiskey, uh, photo shoot, um, and, um, and then Bob and Charlotte see each other again, uh, in the hotel bar, um, um, and then, um, and while they're there, a red-haired uh, lounge singer is singing uh, Scarborough Bay. Um, um, just as uh, Bob and uh, Charlotte uh, uh, see each other from afar. And then the next day, uh, Bob exercises. Um, and uh, Charlotte and uh, John, uh, her husband, are walking through the hotel um, with uh, John's arm around uh, Charlotte's neck, just resting it on there, you know, as a normal couple would. Uh, until John and Charlotte run into um, an actress um, who's played by Anna Faris. Um, and um, uh, she plays the the actress Kelly, who's a Hollywood actress. And um, when John sees her, uh, he immediately takes his arm off uh, Charlotte's um, shoulder. Um, and we, you, you kind of feel, uh, just as Charlotte feels like she's just been pushed to the side, and John's focusing all his attention. Um, upon uh, Kelly, this actress, and that uh, Charlotte is just an observer of their conversation, um, as opposed to being uh, a part of it. Uh, very visual, great visual storytelling there. You see her just watching the two of them, and she's just observing and listening to everything, and and um, it's just it, she she doesn't say a word, but it's very telling the expressions on her face. Um, then uh, Charlotte is finally introduced to Kelly uh, after a, a period of time where she's just been standing there doing nothing but watching and listening. Um, and then the actress uh, Kelly uh, says that John is her favourite uh, photographer and um, she tells him that uh, she only wants him to shoot her. And that's when uh, John uh, becomes noticeably uh, insecure. He starts to uh, laugh it off, you know, uh, nervously. And then he embraces Charlotte again, um, so as to to make it apparent that uh, he uh, he's trying to not make it seem like he's flattered, but he definitely is flattered, and try and he's trying to reassure her so that she hasn't got anything to worry about. Um, um, but Charlotte, uh, she's not interested in meeting up uh, with Kelly again, and she even insults her uh, for not knowing uh, that she's staying at the hotel under the pseudonym uh, Evelyn um, uh, Wag, um, uh, who was uh, in reality an English writer of novels, biographies and travel books and who was a man and not a woman um, and she 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 laughs at uh, that that uh, Kelly would be using a, a man's name uh, as her pseudonym 
but then John defends Kelly and insults uh, Charlotte, um, saying that um, that Kelly is nice and that not everybody went to Yale University. Um, and um, Kelly's uh, definitely insulted by this and taken aback, and but then she she brushes it off and she's. Yeah, she's definitely trying to make it work. Uh, their marriage, because um, at this point they've been married for two years, and um, she's definitely feeling the strain. Um, she's definitely questioning whether she's done the right thing. Um, then we see Charlotte listening to a self-help uh, CD in her hotel room called A Soul Search. Uh, then we follow uh, Charlotte as she walks around the hotel. Um, and then she sees uh, the actress again, Kelly, giving a uh, press conference about uh, the movie she's promoting in uh, in Japan, uh, which is called uh, Midnight Velocity. And then we follow Charlotte um, as she goes to a flower cutting and arranging class <clears throat> that has been held at the uh, the hotel, and she participates and um, she embraces it. <clears throat> Then we see Charlotte um, <clears throat> sitting in the bath and she's listening to uh, something with her headphones on, um, most likely uh, <clears throat> the same self-help CD um, that she has in the room. And, um, and then we see Charlotte uh, waking up early in the morning um, um, or she may not have even been able to sleep uh, while beside her her husband John sleeps soundly uh, without a care in the world seemingly um, whereas she seems to have a lot on her mind and there's a lot of things she's considering um, and then Bob is awake in bed you know, in his room he's watching TV um, just as Charlotte does in her room at the same time <clears throat> And it's uh, it's definitely noticeable that they are becoming um, synchronous in their actions. They're both doing the same thing at the same time. And it just feels like they're being drawn together in some way. Uh, then Charlotte leaves her room and goes to the, uh, the bar. Um, and um, then when she enters the bar, she immediately goes to sit next to Bob, uh, who's sitting at the bar. And uh, he was talking to um, a waiter there about his ex-wives uh, that he'd been married uh, a few times. Then Bob and Charlotte talk uh, after the waiter asks Charlotte uh, what she wants to drink. And she says that she'll have a vodka tonic. Um, even though uh, Bob jokingly suggests that she, that, uh, for a relaxing time, she should make a uh, Santori time. Uh, but she's happy with uh, the vodka tonic that she's uh, she's ordered. Um, then Charlotte asks Bob, uh, so what are you doing here? And that is one of the most defining questions, I think, of the whole film. Um, Bob says that he's taking a break from his wife, he's forgetting his son's birthday, and getting paid $2 million to endorse a whiskey uh, when he could be doing a play or something. Then Bob asks Charlotte the same question, what are you doing here? And Charlotte explains that her husband is a photographer and um, he's in Japan working and she wasn't doing anything so she decided to come along with him and uh, to meet up with some friends uh, who live in Tokyo while she was there. Um, Bob lights Charlotte's cigarette and she tells Bob that she and John have been married for two years. Um, Bob tells her that he's been married for 25 years. Um, and Charlotte tell, says to Bob um, that uh, he might just be going through a midlife crisis. And she asks him whether he has already bought a Porsche yet. And he says that he has been thinking about buying a Porsche. Which uh, basically confirms that he's going through some kind of midlife crisis um, and Bob asks what Charlotte does and she replies that she isn't sure yet 
and that she's just graduated college um, the last spring uh, where she studied uh, philosophy um, then both uh, Charlotte and Barb express that they wish that they could sleep um, and then um, we go into the next day where we see Bob swimming in ho the hotel pool um, then we see Charlotte going to a, a Japanese amusement arcade and looking at all the people uh, playing on the games there to her amusement um, then John uh, Charlotte's husband returns um, and after returning from his photo shoot and he says to her um, that he has to go to the bar to talk to Kelly uh, about a potential food photo shoot um, and to which Charlotte says that uh, she would she wants to join him down there um, and um, feels like John really doesn't want her to come with him but he agrees anyway um, then we go down to the bar again um, John, uh, Charlotte and Kelly uh, are at a table with one of um, uh, Kelly's friends who's a musician um, and Charlotte sees Bob again at the bar from afar uh, drinking alone yet again um, but all her attention is fixed on Bob uh, and not on the table and not on John her husband or anyone else where she sat um, and then Charlotte just decides to, to get up from her table and go over to talk to Bob at the bar um, and when they both come face to face with one another again Charlotte asks Bob if he's having a nice time and Bob replies that he's uh, trying to organise a prison, prison break and that he's looking for an accomplice to get out of the bar, the hotel, the city and then the country and he asks if Charlotte uh, uh, is in or if she's out um, as a joke but then Charlotte says that she's in um, but uh, then she simply leaves the bar and uh, leaving uh, Bob behind um, then we see uh, John uh, leaving the ho his hotel room again and going to another photo shoot uh, but he leaves Charlotte with two bottles of champagne for her to enjoy while he's gone um, Charlotte asks if John wants to share them but uh, John replies that he has to go and he's in a rush um, John says that uh, Charlotte doesn't have to stay at the hotel she and uh, she can come with him, um, but um, she says that she would rather stay uh, because he's going to be too busy at the photo shoot, so, you know, she doesn't mind. Um, then John and Charlotte kiss, they say they love each other, and then John leaves. Um, Charlotte once again looks at her window at Tokyo alone, which is something that she does on repeated occasions throughout the film. Um, looking for something definitely looking for something um, and Charlotte goes for a swim at the hotel pool and then she yet again bumps into Bob while they're both wearing uh, their uh, white bathrobes um, and then they ask each other um, how they both are and um, they ask each other yet again if they've slept and they both reply that not yet then Charlotte asks how Bob um, has Bob uh, stays, um, how long he's staying for, um, and he says that he'll be at the bar for the rest of the week, uh, which Charlotte says is good. And um, there's definitely this spark of attraction between them um, initially, and that continues to grow every time they see each other. Um, then Charlotte invites Bob to come and hang out with uh, some friends of hers later if he would like to and Bob says sure and then they both part ways um, then we see Bob going through some carpet samples his wife has sent to him um, via courier uh, for him to choose what colour he would like um, um, 
Then we see Charlotte putting her makeup on in the mirror. Um, when there is a, a knock on the, the hotel room door, uh, she rushes to answer it and she sees to um, her joy that it's Bob uh, who's wearing a very loud orange uh, camouflage effect t-shirt to which Charlotte says you really are having a midlife crisis aren't you um, then Bob goes into Charlotte's bathroom which is very near to where the, the hotel her room door is and he takes off his loud t-shirt uh, as Charlotte nervously watches him and then uh, she looks away um, then Bob turns his t-shirt inside out and puts it back on again so it doesn't look as uh, loud and shocking as previously and then he puts a jacket on um, and then Bob sees Charlotte's uh, Soul Search CD and uh, remarks that he has the same CD um, but when Charlotte asks if it worked out for him, he says, obviously, he's just joking. Um, and then Bob and Charlotte leave. Um, they go to the party that uh, one of Charlotte's friends, uh, Charlie Brown, is having. Um, and then uh, Bob and Charlotte um, leave the party when uh, um, Charlie Brown causes some commotion. And they start running through the street. Uh, then through a casino and then uh, Charlotte Bob and um, Charlotte's friend Charlie Brown get into a taxi cab and they go to uh, Charlie Brown's apartment I believe it was uh, where they talk to each other to um, uh, Charlie Brown's friends that are there um, and uh, they listen to music and they dance together and they sing karaoke um, including Bob and Charlotte um, and that's where we see Charlotte um, putting on um, a short pink wig um, uh, while she's singing karaoke um, then we see Bob and Charlotte sitting alone with each other in a, in a hallway um, sharing a cigarette with each other and then Charlotte leans on she leans her head against Bob's left shoulder um, and it's a very powerful, very beautiful, quiet scene. No words spoken, but it's so beautiful to see. Um, so touching, just something so honest. Um, then Charlotte and Bob share a taxi cab ride through the illuminated city streets of Tokyo. Going back to the hotel. Um, you see Bob is um, trying to sleep. The back of the taxi cab um, as Charlotte looks out the window at the, the illuminations but also at Bob as he sleeps and she's noticeably in deep thought considering uh, so many things internally without even saying a word and she really does emote that in her in her face and Scarlett Johansson's uh, outstanding performance um, really is such an incredible performance and uh, she's great in the film um, then we see Bob carrying Charlotte in his arms after they return to the hotel uh, carrying up uh, a hallway then we see Bob laying Charlotte down um, in her bed still clothed and then um, he covers her up um, and we see Charlotte smiling warmly looking happy and content uh, before she finally falls asleep um, then Bob turns out the side table light and then he leaves Charlotte's hotel room and then he returns to his hotel room and then we hear him on the phone with his wife um, as he tells her that she was right about the burgundy carpet sample being the best one and he starts to tell her about the house he visited where they had the party that he attended and that was designed and built by um, someone um, but his wife is not really interested she just wants to talk about what's happening uh, back at home uh, what's going on with his, their children um, and then go to the next morning uh, where we see Bob going to a golf course 
against the backdrop of um, uh, Mount uh, uh, Fukushima, I think it is, um, in the background, uh, while he's hitting some golf balls uh, on the golf course. Then we see uh, Bob and Charlotte eating at a Japanese restaurant uh, while they're talking to each other. Um, then Bob takes Charlotte to hospital after she tells him that she hit her foot uh, on the bed the other day and it still hurts. Um, then we see them arrive at uh, this Japanese uh, hospital uh, where uh, Charlotte gets an x-ray of her foot. Uh, while Bob talks to a random man in the hospital waiting room uh, but of course he can't understand him and people, other people around them are laughing because of uh, what this uh, this man is saying um, then Bob and Charlotte leave the hospital and they return to their hotel um, Charlotte is sitting alone in her bed looking at Polaroid photographs of her and her husband John um, looking to to feel something, um, but then Charlotte leaves uh, Bob a voice message inviting him to meet her and her f uh, friend Charlie at a uh, Japanese uh, striptease club. Uh, but Bob arrives early, and uh, we see him sitting there uncomfortably waiting for Charlotte, who finally does arrive. And uh, when she does arrive, Bob asks her if uh, she wants a drink, but she suggests that they leave instead. And then, yet again, they run through the streets and around taxi cabs, and then they step uh, uh, into the street just as um, a, uh, a, a a truck showing uh, Bob's new whiskey uh, commercial. Uh, uh, starts driving by then we see Bob and Charlotte return to the, the hotel um, and we see uh, Charlotte yet again lying awake in bed seemingly in deep thought um, and most definitely thinking about Bob and she gets out of bed and tries to occupy herself um, uh, by doing things um, but she continues to be in deep thought about something or someone. Then a note is posted underneath Charlotte's hotel room door, um, which they uh, park higher hotel telegram from a uh, Mr. Harris um, and from Bob to Charlotte asking her, are you awake? Then we see Bob and Charlotte watching television together. Uh, and they're drinking champagne and talking um, about when they first remember seeing each other um, Charlotte remembers first seeing Bob at the bar wearing his tuxedo that he was wearing uh, at uh, the um, the advert um, that he was filming for the Santori uh, whiskey but Bob remembers first seeing Charlotte in the elevator um, which, which is when they first saw each other then Bob and Charlotte continue to talk to one another and Charlotte admits that she feels stuck and she asks if Bob if it gets easier and Bob replies initially no and then he says yes then Bob explains that the more that you know about who you are the less you will let things upset you which is a very important message um, then Charlotte replies that she doesn't know what she's supposed to be. And Bob says that she will eventually. She'll eventually figure out who she's supposed to be. And that he's not worried about Charlotte. He tells her to keep writing. Because one of the things that she likes doing is writing and taking photographs. Um, even though Charlotte describes her writing as mean. Uh, which Bob says is okay mean is okay then Charlotte asks if marriage gets easier and Bob says that that's hard and he recounts how he and his wife used to have fun when he made his movies but now his wife doesn't want to leave their kids and uh, she doesn't need Bob to be there um, and then he starts talking about his children about how wonderful it is to have children 
Then Bob asks Charlotte where she grew up and she tells him that she grew up in New York then moved to Los Angeles after she and John got married. Then Charlotte tells Bob that uh, John thinks she's snotty um, and then we see Bob reach out with his right hand um, and just as Charlotte and he are lying in bed next to one another facing one another but with their eyes closed and he touches Charlotte's feet then we see Charlotte travelling on train listening to music but knows to be thinking most definitely about Bob Charlotte arrives in Kyoto and visits the ancient structures there and she sees a traditional Japanese wedding take place then we see Bob in his hotel room um, shaving and he receives a phone call and then a fax from Charlotte asking him to meet her for sushi but Bob calls the booking agent of a Japanese television host and tells them um, that he would love to do their show um, instead of meeting up with Charlotte then we see Bob going on the Japanese talk show and then when he's in a cab returning to his hotel he discovers a Polaroid in his jacket pocket of a photograph of Charlotte then we see Bob um, soaking in the bath um, when his mobile phone starts to ring and he picks it up and he answers it he discovers that it's his wife and um, Bob's wife asks him if there are any other colours that he likes talking about the the, uh, the samples, carpet samples, but Bob tells her to pick whichever she, whichever she likes because he's just lost um, in more ways than one, um, which his wife questions him about. Bob says that he wants to start taking care of himself more and improve his diet, and he says that he would like to start eating Japanese food, and his wife just retorts and says, uh, that uh, why doesn't he just stay there and he can eat eat it every day which noticeably hurts Bob's feelings then we see uh, Bob asks how his kids are and his wife says that they are getting used to him not being around and Bob asks should she be worried about him uh, to which he replies only if you want to and then Bob and his wife end their phone call and they say goodbye to each other and then Bob watches himself in a Japanese on the Japanese chat show on TV. Then we see Bob in the bar sitting alone until the red-haired uh, lounge singer approaches the bar and introduces herself to Bob. Um, then we find out the next. Uh, uh, Bob wakes up the next morning that he ended up um, sleeping with the lounge singer uh, because we hear her singing in the bathroom. Then we see Charlotte knocking on Bob's door. Uh, Bob answers um, and Charlotte tells Bob that she's going to sushi restaurant um, that they both ate at. And, um, but then Charlotte hears the lounge singer's sing voice and she says that she guesses that Bob is busy and uh, he won't be able to join her. Which disappoints her and definitely upsets her. And Bob gets a phone call from his wife again. Uh, while he's on his way to meet Charlotte at the sushi restaurant. Um, and then we see Bob and Charlotte sitting at a booth at the sushi restaurant. Um, and uh, Charlotte says that Bob and the lounge singer might have a lot of things in common. Age, growing up in the 50s, just joking around. Um, they order food but they're, they're no longer talking to one another like they usually do Charlotte wakes up during the night um, because an alarm's going off which turns out to be the fire alarm and then she and the other hotel guests have to leave the hotel then Bob and Charlotte see one another from afar outside as they're waiting to go back in um, then they approach each other um, when Charlotte um, says that they had the worst lunch and she asks um, when Bob is leaving and he replies tomorrow 
Then Charlotte tells Bob that she will miss him. Then we see Bob and Charlotte in the bar of the hotel, looking into each other's eyes, not saying a word, but saying so much, really, because they don't really need to use words. Um, then they touch each other's hands. Bob says that he doesn't want to leave. And then Charlotte replies, then don't stay here with me. Or start a jazz band. Then they smile at one another. Then we see them ascend in the elevator in silence, periodically looking at one another and smiling until the elevator reaches Charlotte's floor. Um, then, um, then Bob wishes Charlotte good night, and he kisses her on on the lips twice. Then she leaves the elevator. Then the next morning, Bob is up early. Charlotte receives a fax from John telling her that he misses her and that uh, he will see her that night. And Bob, we see Bob walking through the hotel lobby uh, before he stops to use the telephone to leave him a message for Charlotte telling her that he's leaving and that he's in the lobby now and he's that. And then he says goodbye to her. Then we see um, Charlotte coming down um, to the lobby, um, walking through the lobby towards Bob um, as an attractive woman introduces herself to Bob and tells him that she's a big fan of his. Um, but Bob brushes this woman off uh, when he sees Charlotte. Um, and Charlotte gives Bob back his jacket um, that he says she stole from him. And then they say goodbye to each other again. Then Bob takes one last look at Charlotte from afar, just as he's having a photo taken with um, the attaches that have been helping him this whole time. And then she disappears from view in the elevator. Then we see Bob he's in a private car being chauffeured on his way to the airport. But he's noticeably thinking about Charlotte and already missing her. And then he catches sight of her at his window in the distance, surrounded by passers-by. Then he tells the driver to stop. He leaves the car and he walks in the direction where Charlotte is and he stops her in her tracks. Then Bob and Charlotte hug each other. And Charlotte breaks down in tears as Bob strokes her hair. And then Bob whispers something inaudibly inaudible into Charlotte's right ear and then they kiss one another on the lips they smile at each other then they say goodbye to each other again then they look at each other one last time as Bob returns to his car and they smile and then Bob and Charlotte take their last look at each other over their shoulder before going their separate ways. Then we see Charlotte walking towards us and smiling to herself. Then we see Bob continue um, his journey in the chauffeured car to the airport with a, a smile on his face. Then after we see Tokyo's illuminated signs, um, one last time, we see the screen fades to black. And that's the end of the film. And we never find out. It's never been revealed exactly what Bob said to Charlotte. And it's never been revealed by Bill Murray uh, or by Scarlett Johansson. But if I was to guess, I would say that he said that he loved her and um, that he was going to come back for her. And uh, that he was glad that he found her um, because he, he loves her. And there's been a lot of speculation over the years since it came out in 2003. Um, uh, I saw a suggestion that he said that she should leave her husband and be on her own. Um, but you just know, just looking at the film, looking at the characters, how they see each other, how they interact with one another, that they love each other. And there is definitely 
an age gap between the two of them. Um, and maybe they will see each other again, maybe they won't, but they had the most amazing experience with each other. And they're better for being with one another and being better for seeing one another and loving one another, even if it is for a very short amount of time or it's a long amount of time. Um, but I just want to say this film is absolutely incredible. It's so meaningful. It means so much to me. And it's it's got to be the, my favourite film or one of my favourite films but it's right up there because it really does hit me very hard um, it touches my heart, my soul, my mind all my feelings um, my emotions and as I said at the beginning of this episode uh, at the end of the film I always cry especially in that moment when Bob sees Charlotte and they they embrace each other and they kiss each other and there's so much that's communicated between the two of them um, even though we don't hear it we don't we don't know what's being said what they're feeling but we we feel it it's just it's it's some sub subconscious um, and so powerful and to me um, this film is just uh, Incredible. Um, I know a lot of critics have um, praised both the performances of Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson, as well as the writing and the direction of um, Sofia Coppola. Um, and um, at the 76th Academy Awards, Lost in Translation uh, won uh, Sofia Coppola the Best Original Screenplay, and the film was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Bill Murray and um, it won other accolades um, including three Golden Globe Awards and three British Academy Film Awards um, and uh, definitely duly um, won um, because it's such an incredible film and I could talk about it forever I could talk about it day for days on end I could talk about the characters, I could talk about the performances Scarlett Johansson it's just incredible Bill Murray it's just unbelievable um, and the story is just so powerful and so meaningful and impactful and beautiful it's such a beautiful film that's the best way I can describe it it's a beautiful film about two lost souls who meet each other who fall in love and who are better for having met one another and uh, that really does talk to me on a a very deep meaningful level and I'll always love this film I'll always love Lost in Translation and every time I watch it I'll be struck by it and I'll be moved by it and um, to me that's the hallmark of an incredible film is that it elicits these emotional overflowing um, responses from you and uh, Lost in Translation definitely does that for me and uh I just want to say, it's the one of the best films I've ever seen, and um, yeah, I love it. I love this film so much, and uh, I hope you'll, if you haven't seen it, you'll choose to watch it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm going to leave it there for now. I just want to say thank you for listening, uh, hope you like what you heard, and I'll talk to you again soon. If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings Experience, um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry, um, then you uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me, uh, which is my website, and you'll find uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years. Um, if you want to uh, check out some of my poetry uh, in uh, a book form. Uh, and go to Amazon and you'll find um, all 10 of my books that I've had published. Um, they're all books of poetry, um, uh, books of stories, uh, books of uh, memories and uh, experiences. 
um, and there'll be more to come. And uh, if you would love to um, contribute uh, to uh, to the podcast, then you can do so by heading over to Patreon and searching for Mark the Poet. And uh, your uh, your support would be greatly appreciated. Um, but uh, as I was saying, I hope you liked what you heard in this uh, episode. Um, and I'll talk to you again soon.